Welcome back to the podcast, and everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we have previously filmed this episode, but the recording got corrupted after five minutes, um, so we did an hour-long episode for you all, but you can't hear any of it. So we're doing yeah. it again, um, but just just imagine it's the first time, imagine it's the first time. Daisy, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you, thank you, thanks for having me. You're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, you've been inspected for quite some time, but now it's your time to shine. Um, so today we're going to debut the new the new episode concept um, that we've already been through. Uh, and it's one dish. So you're cooking one dish, you're listening to one song, and you're in one kitchen. But you're cooking for three special guests, whether they're past or present. Anyone you'd like. Um, yeah, and then we'll uh, riff off that. So we're going to start off with your one dish that you are cooking. Right. To start it off on a high, a complicated high, I've chosen not one dish, but several small dishes. And that is tapas, of course. You violated the concept already, but we're allowing it. We're allowing Breaking it for this time. Uh, so we're going to delve a little bit deeper what are you having in the tapas daisy so you've got your patatas bravas of course yes you've got your your olives you've got your serrano ham your cheese everything like that of course um you've got your fried fish your anchovies your catfish your dogfish your tiny baby squid your calamari everything like that yeah then you've got your Russian salad, of course, but your seafood Russian salad with a bit of paprika in there. That's always a good one. Always a favourite. Fusion. You've got fusion, of course, fusion. Um, you've got your oxtail, classic part, one of my favourites. Good little casserole dish, soft, kind of difficult to eat as well. You know, you, you want a bit of puzzle. Yeah. You want a bit of complexity whilst you're eating. So that's a good one. Need an end goal. Yeah, of course. And then, of course, my favourite, which is uh, pork pork's cheek cooked in sherry. Pork's cheek, pork's cheek, pork's <laughs> cheek cooked in sherry. We love to yes. hear it. We love to hear it. Um, so the patatas bravas. How are you having it? Spice levels. Where are we going with it? I keep it how I know it from yeah. Spain. So it's it's allowed. It's not like you know just buying it in Asda or anything. Not too spicy. I don't like a lot of. I can't. I still can't say the word. I said garlic mayo last time. Aioli. Aioli. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Not too much because I don't. I don't really like too much of it. Just a bit. I tell but you then what. Then you've got like. No, you lavender go. Finish. Lavender and tomato sauce. That's all I, I was gonna finish with there. Lavender. Lavered in. Oh, lavender and tomato. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, have you ever had chorizo in it? Yes, I have. I usually make it at home with chorizo in it, switch it up a bit. You know? I've got time. I've got time for that addition. Um, there's one on the uh, on the road that comes down into Hitchin where you've got the, I think it's called the orange tree on the left, and then you've got the uh, the petrol station on the right. The petrol station sells, sells M&S food, and they do a good patatas bravas. I haven't had any. I'll have you know. I've had it. I think they take they took it off because my parents used to get it every time they picked me up from work. Um, we used to go in there and get it, um, but then they took it off. So, <gasps> M and S sort it out. Sort it out. Sort it out. Um, are you a foodie? I am. I am definitely a foodie. Always have been since birth. How I'm That's raised. The way to be it is the way to be. Um, so when you were when you were deciding over tapas what other things were springing to mind what was uh what made the difficult decision or the di decision difficult um i'm a big fan of mexican food i was thinking about mexican food yeah i wasn't sure what dish to choose because it's not really like tapas where you can you know be indecisive you've got to have one you like um, um carnitas don't you is that what it's called I yeah, ca canteen, ca can cantinas. I one of those two. What do you get from there? I usually get okay. I know it's kind of blasphemy, but I usually get the breaded, like the, is it southern fried chicken? It's like fried chicken yeah. in a burrito. That's always good. 
And the dirty fries. Fried <laughs> chicken is the one. Dirty fries are also the one. Not for uh, people who are trying to be healthy, but when you want to, when you want to, I was going to say pig out, but probably not uh, the best term to use. Treat yourself. Out. Treat yourself. Treat, don't okay, beat yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself Treat to a carnitas. I've never been there. I want to go there. Um, but when I think about Mexican food and even tapas, actually tapas is good when you're, Los Reyes is good. I've been yes, there a few times. Is, yeah. And there's one in the old town. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I know a few people that work there. But um, when I think about that sort of food, I think it's always better to do it at home because they charge a lot for it. And it's so, I don't know about easy, but I think the standards for it are at a point where you can do it at home. Even if you're not that good at cooking, you can do it at home to an acceptable standard. Um, and it costs a fraction of the price, especially if you're exactly. getting good, the good, the good, good process or no What's it? Produce. Produce. Yeah, that's on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you've been a foodie. I've, I've seen... You've made some good pastas in your time. I've, I'm, I have. I'm, I've seen a few of them. What's your favourite pasta? What pasta shape? Anything. Any Your favourite pasta dish, your favourite pasta shape. See, this is difficult for me because I don't, I don't know what our actual proper Italian dishes and what aren't they don't have to be don't have to be a proper Italian dish you can do whatever you want with it I like um what's the shell pasta called the shell pasta just say shells the shells yeah the shells yeah I'll I'll pretend I know what I'm talking about those are best because you know they capture capture everything inside all the all the sauce all the juice and um my favorite to make is I usually get massive king prawns yeah um cook them with garlic and loads of chili loads of chili yeah and then have a good pomodoro sauce over it perfect good pomodoro sauce in the book cooking with clifton idiot proof out now on amazon it was it was on offer but the offer ended yesterday so if you missed out i'll do another offer soon don't worry if i only six pound bargain proper bargain proper bargain proper bargain <laughs> um right so yeah it's a good it, we've kicked it off well uh but we're gonna move on to the song the song is very relative to cooking what is it it is cooler cafe by serge gansberg cooler cafe i'm not gonna get copyrighted for it. that because i can't no. sit um <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very fitting song. And if you haven't listened to it before, if you're cooking and you need some good vibes and some good tunes, put on Coolio Cafe. You won't. But I will say this: don't listen to Coolio Cafe if you're not cooking for the first time, because it's very, it's very um, up and uh, up and bouncing around sort of song. Not, not the kind you'd listen to just you know in your bedroom at no. night. Definitely not a song. If you're in the shower and Coolio Cafe is on cue, um, you've definitely you're doing something wrong. Unless you're like depressingly eating in the shower or something like that, and you need to heighten your mood. But I'm sure no one no one's hit that that Let's level hope. of rock bottom yet. Um, Coolio Cafe uh, translates to. You say it. You researched it. Coffee ca- cafe. Cafe coffee? Coffee? No, coffee... Oh, coffee colour. It translates to colour coffee, which is brown. I thought that was quite weird because it's a very upbeat, jazzy sort of song. Um, You should look up the whole lyrics. I have. They're, like, all the same. They just repeat the same ones many, many times. Um, Um, And I took French GCSE, and I don't know how to speak French. Je ne sais pas au français. I don't know French. That was... Quite, quite good. That's the only thing I learned in my two years. Um, learning. That's all you need, really. Yeah. So if, if any French, French person, if any French person asks me, I'll just say je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. Exactly. Exactly. Um, if Miss Gotelf is listening, she's gonna email me and tear me to shreds because I did try. Will she be listening though? Let's be honest. I I think she is oh, personally. I think she's my probably my most loyal fan. I get a lot of fan mail from her. She keeps sending... 
Miss Cattell, can you stop sending me your underwear as well? That's really weird. <laughs> oh, if she is listening, that'd be the worst thing ever. But she's not listening. I think she's in France now. She definitely. I think she's left the school. So, I can't imagine her living in England for much longer because she was so passionate about French. But I mean, if you're a French teacher and you decide to live in England the rest of your life, yeah. what are you doing? Unless you're... She was quite old, so maybe she lived in France before and then she wanted to t- share the, share the um, language. But That's then, true. At the same time, if you're going to share the language, you don't want to do it in Nobel school. Because you'll have students such as Rudy Clifton, who doesn't understand it and doesn't have any wanting to understand it. I wanted to take Spanish and they gave me French. So, I mean, to be honest, though, France is quite dirty. If you were going to move to one place, Stevenage would be the equivalent. What, Stevenage is equivalent to France? In, in dirtiness. <laughs> You've just called out... The whole of Stevenage and the whole of France. So disappointing everyone. I'm angry at everyone. It wasn't Come me. Cancel me, I dare you. Daisy was, Daisy's getting cancelled in the morning. <laughs> it wasn't me. I live in Stevenage. It is a shite hole. However, I've grown up here. I've grown up here for some time now. Um, but oh, so so I moved from from Brighton to Stevenage. What a downgrade! What a downgrade! It's terrible. Have you lived um, in... Oh, hold on, you live in Luton. I don't. I live in a village outside of Luton. It's pretty much in Luton. I just pretend it doesn't exist. It's fine. I'm happy in my nice little village. I don't want to get cancelled. I don't want to get cancelled by Luton, so I'm not calling out Luton. Because <laughs> I think that would that would end the worst. Um yeah, but Coolio Cafe, what's your what's your music taste? How would you describe your music taste? Pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best, the best way to describe it is pretentious. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue. With it. <laughs> um, who are your favourite? Uh, what What do you listen? What do you grow up listening to though? Because that that uh, sort of I believe that moulds your own music taste. Oh, absolutely. My dad was a bass player, a uh, session bass player. So a lot of sort of Roxy music, David Bowie, of course, Foo Fighters as well, which just comes into play. Like every, I think almost every dad has a crush on Dave Grohl. And that's the way so it should well. be. Absolutely uh, the way it should be. Did you see Foo Fighters at Reading? I didn't go to Reading. Did you not? I thought you did. I didn't. Oh, disappointing. I saw them. I went to Foo Fighters, um, and very early on in their set, I seemed to be topless, and I lost my top. I think, I think I gave it to someone, and they threw it into the crowd, and I got drenched. But I was having a whale of a time. I think that was probably it was probably one of my highlights <laughs> of the whole thing. Even though I only knew, I mean, I know quite a few of their songs because obviously you grow up listening to it who doesn't grow up listening to it but the well knowing the lyrics is a different thing and they were so so nostalgic like just, yeah so... <laughs> <laughs> i was i was in my zone in that in, i was in my zone but i left um to go see bastille about mm, about an hour and a half into their set because they had a three-hour set, and that's a lengthy set. That is a long set. Especially at a festival. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Foo Fighters, I think... I, I grew up listening to a lot of Nick Drake. Um, so that whole album. The album's got um, Northern Sky and one of these things first. I can't remember the name of that album. Uh, Briar Later. Brighter Later. Brighter Later. Um, <laughs> Briar Later. Briar Later. Well, no. <laughs> I might call my child Briar later. Um, yeah, what an album! Um, it's like my my mum's favorite um, favorite music, and then loads of Radiohead. Um, Radiohead. As of recent, I've got back into radio. I didn't listen to them like myself. I listened to them when my parents are listening to them, but I was on the way back from 
um, my great grandmother's funeral. Rest in peace. Um, but we were, <laughs> we were. That's not funny. That's not funny. Why did you start it's laughing? A... That's awful. Just funny to bring up. That's. <laughs> and then I was on the orcs, and I put on uh, Radiohead to try and impress my dad. Um, Why would you do that after a funeral? It's like the most depressing music ever. No, it's not. It's really good. Weird, fi- weird did, fishes well, are pay? First one okay. was Weird Fishes, which in my opinion, is one of the best songs of all time. Um, and then I followed it up with like all of their iconic um, music, like uh, 15 Steps, Bones, just all of all of the big ones. Um, and my dad was like, yeah, this is my favourite music, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked, it worked. Um, yeah, I've got, a lot of time. I've got a lot of time for them sort of people, especially Radiohead. I'm, I'm well back into them right now. I think they're, I think they're quite high up on my... Um, all-time Spotify listen to. Do you know who's at the top of yours? I use Deezer. Oh, I knew this. I knew <laughs> this as well. You're getting cancelled. 100% you're getting cancelled. Once again, pretentious. <laughs> I feel like... I know, Deezer's, Deezer is not pretentious at all. I think pretent- if we're talking pretentious spot- <laughs> listening platforms, I think we've got to go with like a YouTube music. Who listens <clears throat> to the YouTube music? One of my mates, Sid, actually, listens to YouTube music. But that is shocking, <laughs> shocking decisions. Um, but then again, he's a streamer. He does he does his own thing. Uh, moving on. We've had your song. We've had your dish. But we need the kitchen. Where are you cooking this, Daisy? It's Spanish food. You've got to have it, you know... Summer, summer night. Summer night. Open plan garden. Yep. Kitchen and your guests and your table all close together so you can cook and you can talk all at once. You can see the sunset, you know, everything. Perfect scenery. Where are we having it? Mountains or by the sea? Mountains. Or both? Well, yeah, both so you have all of the fresh seafood, of course. 100%. Um, so we're, we're outside in the garden got flowers are growing around everywhere what sort of what sort of table are we sitting at here wooden kind of long wooden. rustic everything's got to be rustic you know yeah makes sense a, wo- a wooden one keeps it rustic of course however with the list of your guests i'm not sure if they'd appreciate rustic they're very eccentric characters yeah but i mean switch it up I feel like... it's your decision it's your dinner party so I can't. Exactly. I, it's just it's just uh, just an observation from me. Everyone appreciates a good rustic table. That is that is true. Um, it's in the Bible. So we're kicking out on the open plan. Um, don't know where I'm going with this. So we're going to move <laughs> on to the guest. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, here we go. Got it. Spain. Uh, so where are we in Spain? We're in. <laughs> okay, you you can hear it this time. Andalusia, not underneath. Underneath. Underneath where? <laughs> this is exactly the conversation we had yesterday. Yeah, I know. I'm doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But... <laughs> I st- Andalusia. Andalusia. Andalusia or Lucia. Lucia, Andalusia. It's a, it's a portion of Spain, region of Spain. Where, what's it near? What's it near? Seville. Oh, I've been to Seville. Yeah, so you've been to Andalusia. I don't think I've been and... to Andalusia, but I've been well, to... Well, Seville is in Andalusia, so... <laughs> oh. So, is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, Andalusia is massive. Region. Yeah, it's a region. Oh, it got Cadiz, Marbella, Marbella, living it up. So whereabouts in Andalusia is it? <clears throat> you can't just say Andalusia because you've been here numerous times. You should have a house there. This is poor. This is poor. We can draft <laughs> in your parents. Draft in your parents to find out where it is. Okay, wait, wait. If we're near the sea... We are near the sea. So it's, we're near the sea. it's along Malaga, oh. Almira... I've got it, I've got it. Perfect. I've changed it slightly. Oh. It'll be near the beach in a place called Trafalgar. 
beautiful Trafalgar Square. Not not square. Trafalgar Beach. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a dream place, isn't it? Trafalgar. Yeah, sure. Sounds lovely. Trafalgar. It is. It's it's a lovely little beach, quite surfy. Surfy. Kind of mountainous as well, yeah. It's nice. I wouldn't I wouldn't class Spain as surfy, you know. I want to. I'm a. I'm a surfer myself. Well, I'm, I like surfing. My family's got a few surfboards. Um, I am too, you know. And let me tell you, that is a place that is surfy. It is. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check it out. Surfing. Have you ever been to Cornwall? Uh, no. Have you never been to Cornwall? <laughs> I have, but uh, not for like eight years. We should go surfing. We should go surfing in Cornwall, and then that would be quite then cool. you'll be put to the test whether you can actually surf oh. or not. Uh. Dude, I haven't been there in a while. I haven't been there in a hot minute, actually. Um, the last time um, my family went, I was at Reading, so I was too busy, too busy getting it off with Living the food fires. Um, yeah, do you getting have any... off with the Foo Fighters? You were getting off with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, all three of them at the same time. It's three Take of them. It, it is three of them, isn't it? Um, I think there's four. I don't know. I can't remember. Four or three. Uh, well, it was only three of them. So the other one, God knows what he was doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any f- specific memories that stand out from your time in Spain? There's, I think there's. Almost too many. many to count. Yeah, I, I mean, I go there I, up until COVID. I, I usually go four times a year. Four usually times a year? Four times a year, yeah. Wow. Almost every big break. Christmas, I've spent a lot of actual Christmases there. We used to do Christmas Day on the beach because things would still be open. It's not Christmas Day is not how it is here yeah. in Spain. I we have noticed do. that abroad, everywhere abroad, actually. Um, when I was in India for Christmas and New Year's, which I'm doing again this year, actually, um, they, yeah, everything's open. So, but Christmas dinner out there compared to here is nothing, in my opinion. <laughs> actually, I do have a good story about Christmas dinner. Bang! Spain. Here we go. Oh, um, one. Well, we've only tried it once. We've only tried to do it once. Every other yeah. time, we just we do it when we get back on like yeah. New Year's Day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum was trying to make Yorkshire puddings something that is obviously going to be difficult in a foreign country yeah I mean um, it's difficult as it is I don't think many people make their own Yorkshire puddings absolutely not but what can you do really there's no frozen ones in Spain so. there's, a, there's, a, there's a recipe for it <clears> in my book though that's true I, if only I had them when I was t- if only I had it when I was 10 what can you do why can you think of it then Huh? what can you do but, Anyway, um, so they have their, they have different uh, mixes for different pastries. You can get like the pre, you know, like pre-mixed things that you just add milk to and things like that. Yeah. And obviously, it's difficult when you can't speak and understand Spanish that well. Of course. Um, so she got like all the things that she thought she needed. She thought she'd got some like nice beef. She'd got all the Yorkshire pudding recipe and everything. Yeah. Anyway, she made it. And after she'd made it, we realized she'd actually bought pancake mix and meatloaf. Rookie. Instead of beef. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. So... That, is a, that is a shot. That is terrible. I hate meatloaf personally. I don't see, I don't see um, yeah. the trend, especially in, I've seen it in America when they slather it in like ketchup and barbecue sauce. Horrible. I don't eat red meat as it is. I don't eat meat at all right now. But red meat is something I've definitely like gone off. I don't think I'm going to go back to eating red meat at all. Um, but meatloaf is just so, so terrible. Especially mint. Mint itself, I think, is just so... Like, when you go from eating that to eating, um, like, Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat, whatever it's yeah. called, it's so much better. The flavour's better, the texture's yeah. pretty much the same, if not better. Um, so it's just different gravy. I'm going to do a little plug. Um, at t- uh, Tesco, they've got their new... I don't know what they call it. Um, they've got well, they've got their plant-based, um, like, section... And the burgers in there are so good. If you just break them up into like, if you use it as you would mince meat, it's such a game changer. I've been doing it with like 
everything. Uh, it's such a cheat code if you're on, um, or if you're trying to be more vegan um, or vegetarian. It's a great alternative, I must say. You need to try that out as well. I think I will. I think I'll do that. But I know one of the investors in um, the Beyond Meat, you know the ones that they get doing like Gourmet Burger Kitchen and all that? Um, yeah. I know one of the one of the investors is a lecturer at my college. So I think that's such a good thing to invest in as well. Oh, definitely. It's, it's literally the future because our, <clears throat> there's no way that um, like red meat and like minced meat and like milk is going to be, a, or cow products. I don't think that's going to be a thing in like 25 years. No, no way. it's slowly dying out. 100%. Like milk, even milk. Like if you're having a tea, I can't have a tea without cow's milk because I haven't found a milk that doesn't coagulate when you put it into a hot drink. Um, but with like uh, with the um, porridge that I have every day, oat milk is 100% so much better. So much better for you as well. Yeah, definitely. So who has cow's milk for coffees anymore? I don't have it for coffee. I have black coffee. I have almond usually, but like the barista. Almond or almond? I say almond. I say almond. But that means we can agree that people who say almond need to get in the bin. Yes. Almond is not correct. Almond. It's almond or almond. You don't say palm instead of palm. True. I mean, I think Americans definitely say palm. I've never heard an American say palm before, but they definitely say palm. (laughs) That's just such an American thing to do. Um, Yeah, so your your dish, your song, and your kitchen. (laughs) Fantastic choices. Uh, Thank you. And it only improves from here. Guest number one, who is it? Anthony Bourdain. The icon. The icon, the legend. I definitely 100% know who he is. Yesterday, I was having a brain (laughs) fart, massive brain fart, and I forgot who Anthony Bourdain is, but I've done my research and I've jogged all the memories, because specifically, um, I I used to watch uh, a lot of like famous chefs when they review other famous chefs restaurants and they just slate it they absolutely slate it even though the food's good they just go in on it for no reason and anthony bourdain um was in gordon ramsay's restaurant so that's like a massive clash of personalities <laughs> wait did you talk about this yesterday i don't think you I, did. well you said i said that Anthony Bourdain is the bad boy of cooking. And you said, no, Gordon Ramsay. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm sticking by Anthony it as well. Anthony Bourdain, compared to Gordon Ramsay, is just blows him out of the water. I've got to disagree. Uh, I, I just, uh, it doesn't make sense in my head how you could even think that. Well, I mean, it's how you see it, really. It is definitely how you see it. Um, but I reckon if you were being actually, I'll give it to you. If if you had if you did something wrong in the kitchen and you were being screamed at by Anthony Bourdain, I'd be more afraid of him than Gordon Ramsay. However, in the public eye, I think Gordon Ramsay come comes across more scary than Anthony Bourdain personally. Well, it's not really about it being scary necessarily. I'd shit myself if they were shouting at me. Yeah, of course, of course. But that's not the only thing that determines a bad boy. Mm. True. But have you seen the documentary of Gordon Ramsay when he goes around like talking to cocaine dealers and things like that? No, I haven't. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. He's just like sitting <laughs> he's sitting on the <laughs> he's just like standing on the corner of uh oh, where is it? Um somewhere in America. Um, he's just standing on the co- on a corner waiting for a dealer to turn up and he just has a conversation with him. It's all filmed. It's really weird. But I think Anthony Bourdain has definitely done stuff like that before. <clears throat> oh, most definitely. Well, he probably does, actually, he does do a lot. Well, he did do a lot of drugs before he killed himself. So he probably did that without a camera there. Makes sense. It does make it does. sense. I mean, to be fair... Lots of chefs do so much drugs. Like my one of my favourite chefs, um, Matty Matheson, um, 
in his book. Well, I went to um, his book signing. I went in my full chef whites because I ran from college to uh, the bookshop, which was like, it wasn't even that far away. It was like five minutes away. And I ran there because I had to go. I was literally out the kitchen to my locker, straight to the book thing. Didn't have time to change or anything or I'd have missed it. So I just ran there in my chef whites and I was at the back of the queue and he picked me out from the back and told me to come to the front because I was in my chef whites. It was pretty funny. Wow. Um, but but in his book, he says <clears throat> uh, he talks a lot about like cocaine and acid and things like that. I mean, how, personally, from my experience of cooking, I don't know how anyone could be on drugs whilst cooking because especially in the environment, it's just so hot. I, you just die. I'd literally just die. But what can you do? Each to their own at the end of the day. Each to their own, exactly. Um, do you have a specific do you have a favorite anthony bourdain moment or like sort of tv show or anything like that um i think it's unknown parts is that that what it's called i grew up watching that yeah my favorite chef is a like a i'd say child i was probably like nine or ten yeah but that's just such a good series where he goes around everywhere places that you wouldn't even really want to go sometimes Mm. and he's just i just like the way that he looks at things it's very sort of cynical but it, it works it works yeah. well um he's really good in uh the mind of a chef as well i think that's a specifically good one personally <coughs> as a chef. i don't think i've watched that disappointing neither have uh. i but i can see it on the screen here <laughs> oh okay <laughs> that's all right that didn't show me out i was gonna say how much how much watching did you do last night did you stay up all night absolutely none however i've got it on my phone here so that, I can, that's all you need i can riff off it and the mind of a chef is a is an interesting thing um you've got a lot of, i think it's very um it's like underrated as a as a job you have to think about so many things and I was thinking about it because we've got um, our end of year exams. We have to do five um, like classic French dishes in five hours. And from like past experience of exams, people get so flustered. And I was always like, oh, why are you crying? Uh, like people are actually crying in the exam. And I was like, oh, why are you crying? But I, it does make sense why they are crying. Um, do you reckon you could do it? No, I'm. I mean, I, I've I've worked as a waitress for like two years now, and I can say, chefs can be awfully scary when things go wrong. They can be quite terrifying sometimes. They can. I would not. I don't think I'd want that stress. And you're sweating a lot, and you know you've got people's actual health on your on your hands. Yeah. It's it's quite. I could overthink it very easily and definitely cry about it if yeah. I had to do it but at the same I think waitresses and waiters get the most uh, <laughs> the worst repercussions of chef's mistakes ever <laughs> and I think it is so out of order when I see it when I've seen it like so many times in the kitchen where the waiter or the waitress has done absolutely nothing wrong and then the chef will like get something wrong and they'll just get absolutely slated but then, at the same time, um, if you're like in a smooth service and someone front of house fucks up, it is literally the worst thing. It makes the whole restaurant crumble. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure in the industry, <clears throat> but it's all right. It's just food at the end of the day. <laughs> just food. I probably should probably shouldn't say that about literally the industry that I'm in. And going in. <laughs> yeah. The one that yeah. I've trained to do for three years. Okay. Um, but Anthony Bourdain is a good first guest. Who's the next one? So the next one is David Bowie, of course. The icon. The icon, the legend. He has been my favourite. I think he was my idol from yeah. the age of seven to about 13. He's a good idol to have. Yeah, he is. He's just a creative genius. In yeah. almost every aspect. Yeah, I'd say that um, <clears throat> it's definitely a good quality you've got. 
step very creative you're not afraid especially in uh your your industry the fashion industry definitely doing doing your thing doing bold stuff you don't see it from many people these days thank you rudy you're welcome thank you i appreciate that um so how has he influenced you Mm, I'd, I would say fashion-wise, but sort of in a general sense, because obviously it was he's been your your um, icon growing up. But what specific influences has he had on yourself? I mean, certainly when I was a, like a, I used to be quite a big. Well, I used to dance an awful lot, and I used to like try and. This sounds so cheesy. <clears throat> I used to just try and channel him as much as possible even though he's he's not a dancer of course he isn't but he's theatrical and he's just he oozes just talent and um i used to i used to because we had like very complex dance costumes Mm. and there was one david bowie outfit that i just wanted to have as a dance costume and i drew it i used to draw it everywhere i never got it made which is probably a good thing, to be honest, because I don't know how good I would have done it. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so that's just that's just an example of it. But just everything, his his music, his sort of attitude to music as well, and his personas, the way he's got different characters that he builds off of. And I don't know if you've ever seen like his mime work and his um, yeah, when he did Elephant Man. He's just in like insanely talented. Yeah, across the board, he's literally so, he's like so perfect at everything he does and he just doesn't get anything wrong. And it's such a, it's such a, um, such a hard thing to do as well. To be talented in so many different things is so, um, oh, I thought I turned off the recording then. It's so rare. (laughs) Yeah, thank fuck. Um, yeah, it's so rare and so impressive as well. Looking back, because I'd say there's there's many there's few i i'll probably say there's no one doing anything that was like all well, right now um they're doing anything to his level um no or maybe, ever really i mean yeah they were legends at the same time but they were all different yeah <clears throat> in their I own think right he's also he was also very just a very lovely person anyway yeah. quite a humble person and i think because I think he grew up in Brixton. Yeah, he did. He, he was Brixton. born there. Not, not very posh or anything like that. No. And I think he always took that with him, no matter how famous he got or anything like that. He always just seemed to be quite down to earth, which is sort of a pun, you know. Yeah. Down to earth. Uh... <laughs> cancel her, cancel her. It's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to happen. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, on, on regarding what you said to channeling him when you were like dancing and things like that i think that is a really good way to be um to improve actually like in the kitchen if you um if you channel someone that you're if you're like so when you get shown to do things on like sometimes if you're watching a video or something like that and it's a massive stress reliever if you just like taking time chilling out and then you just imagine that you're like some. If you imagine like you're someone, or you've got someone there with you, it's a massive. Um, I think it's a stress reliever as well. Definitely, I think it it's a motivator and a stress reliever at the same time. Definitely, hundred percento. Um, so we've got Anthony Bourdain, David Bowie, Bowie, whoever you want to say Bowie. it, however you want to say it. Number three. Okay, I'm not sure which one you researched because I changed it yesterday because you weren't sure who it was and it was embarrassing. Yeah. No, I did know who it was. I'm going to yeah, put it out it's... there. I'm not good with names, but I'm good with faces. Um, okay. But let's go with the second one. The second. Well, I'll say with the first one. The first one was going yeah. to be Gloria Steinem. Yeah. Because, you know, icon of journalism, of feminism, just everything. Brilliant. In general. In general, but I changed it to Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. A fantastic choice. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'd say if we were, he's he's like 
another person that is talented in so many different ways. But um, I think he does mainly excel at music and um, but not not just the music. Uh, it's having like the message behind the music and translating it through not just the audio but a visual representation as well like in the videos um like fucking this is america what the fuck oh my god didn't you know someone who was in the video or is that me tripping no i didn't oh no i know someone who was in the video wait no do i know <laughs> i think i know someone who knows someone that's in the video i 100 percent oh. do as well someone someone one of the dancers because you know when he's um so he's like walking around this place and he's got three dancers following him like young dancers or three or four one of them i know like mutual friends really yeah wow i think that might be massive bollocks but i i a hundred percent don't go back i've seen i've i've seen like that somewhere yeah ride it through ride it through don't without a doubt yeah but um donald glover he's a he's a movie man he's a music man atlanta the lion king especially like that's just putting two things together you're merging music and i mean it's not really acting but it's voice acting um spider-man guava island and an absolute classic adventure time yes only like one episode. Well, yeah, a but, few episodes. Yeah, but, but it's just so good. So he he can claim that all he wants. Because if I was he in was, any bunch um, of time, I'd claim it. He was in regular show as well. Was he? Yeah, I've, was I haven't a... watched that as much. I'm a I'm oh. an Adventure Time fanatic personally. Um, I've watched a few because I think um, I think my brother is quite into regular show. Um, so I have seen it quite a bit, but not as much as Adventure Time. It was good. I mean, he's just good. good in everything. He's good in everything. I've I've actually seen him live. Oh, so um, jealous. I've seen it on your Instagram. Yeah. He stood about a metre and a half away from me and sang Me and Your Mama, which is like one of my favourite Charles Gambino songs. It was, I thought I was in heaven. I, I think I cried. I think I cried. I would, to be fair. That is very understandable. Um, he's in Solo as well. I haven't actually seen Solo. I find, do you like Star Wars? I don't know. Oh, disappointing. Um, but all the, again. Yeah, I know. Massively. Now the, <laughs> now we're going to get like Comic-Con coming for you as well. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> everyone. Um, but I don't I don't like... I've been watching like all the like off the off shows of Star Wars and they're not they're not as good as um, the real thing. So it's, it was quite disappointing. Um, but we've had your dish um which is spanish tapas the song Julia cafe uh your kitchen in spain on the beach yeah. in trafalgar trafalgar beach but it's got mountains there it's got the sea there you're getting the fresh seafood you can't beat it and your three guests anthony bourdain <coughs> david bowie bowie and childish gambino donald glover fantastic yes. choices so Thank you. That was the concept, the debut of the concept, and what a debut it's been. But now we're moving on to yourself. We're going to push Daisy Grace out to the world. Thank you. Thanks. And you didn't uh, fuck up my last name there because. Didn't, you didn't, even, say bother. It, so. didn't even bother. Didn't even bother. Greet Tam. Daisy Grace, greet Tam. Um, but <clears throat> what's your role? What's your job? Your new job? I, my new job. I am assistant editor of Voir Fashion magazine. Wow. Round of applause, everyone. Round of applause, everyone. It's very impressive. Uh, I know how hard you've worked to get there. I've been a follower of your work for quite some time. You have, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Rudy. You're welcome. I'd like to do my bit for the community. You know how it is. You do. You do. Um, backing. But what is Voir Fashion magazine? It is a publication, mostly online. We do magazines, but they're mostly online magazines as well, sort of yeah. zines. Um, we do art, we do culture, we do fashion, of course, because that's in the name, music, beauty. 
just we cover everything everything that a girl would need really and it's aimed at you know the new generation of women daring to be different absolutely you're pushing the right message um it's clear just from looking at all the social media and everything even looking at the magazine and the um the pieces of uh work what, what do you call them the piece of work you put out articles articles yeah that's the work yeah. um even just from the eye test you can see the you can see the message they're putting out um so the voir fashion magazine bio on instagram it's just voir fashion magazine on instagram by the way um we guide relevant relevant conversations for the next generation of women who dare to be different so you got it spot on there uh i mean you're a natural you're a natural um but as of the most recent article that you've put out um, which is very relevant to today's current climate and um, the push for the safety of women on our streets. Reclaim the streets. Um, tell us some. Tell us something about that. Tell us something about your newest article. <clears throat> so this is this is the last one that I wrote. Um, I wrote it last week, just after uh, Sarah Everard's remains were found. Um, and it's just a little just a tiny sort of snippet saying about how this is not a woman's problem this is a problem with men um which is definitely the message a lot of people have taken from sarah everard's case because she did everything we're always told to do in that situation she wore bright colors called her boyfriend stuck to the main roads didn't Absolutely. help still happened which kind of makes you think do we have to think about why women are vulnerable or do we have to think about the why pro- men are doing this the real problem um exactly. yeah well i saw today um i mean where social media is bad there is also good in social media um the because it's gone so i'm not even going to use the verb viral it's just pushed out to the whole world and it is through social media. There, there wouldn't be anywhere near as much awareness for it um, without social media. Um, but yeah, you're spreading the right message. I think everyone should be spreading the message. I mean, the the um, oh, what's the right? The ratio of women spreading the message compared to men spreading the message is disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure. It, that's definitely something to do with like toxic masculinity and things like that and just confidence issues because people are so insecure these days about doing stuff like that but you don't have to be this is the this is the right message to spread and if you do actually like genuinely feel like even bad about what's happened you have to spread the message you sign the petitions do everything you can in your in your power read that there's a there's a specific one where it's like literally just a list of things that men do um or that men can change and it's eye-opening so uh if you haven't seen it already go check it out um i'll try and put a link on instagram or something like that um but yeah i saw today um boris johnson is uh making a push for more lighting in the streets which is whether that will change something or not i'm not sure it would it's definitely an improvement he's definitely understanding um the need for uh safer streets 100 percent yeah a lot of the petitions i did and a lot of there's um surveys reopen now that is trying to sort of work out what is the best route to try and make women feel more safe and make them more safe not just feel safe but yeah make them safe um hold on i'll find out what it is we'll keep talking absolutely i think as well things like that the repercussions are just nowhere near what they should be like someone could go to jail for like what someone went to jail for like 25 years for having like a spliff on them and then like an actual like genuine paedophile will go to prison for like seven years it doesn't make any sense but I mean, it's definitely something to do with the shit, like just the dumb culture, like background of this country, and even like everywhere, really. It's not, it's not like it's different abroad. I mean, oh, absolutely. 
not. In fact, I mean, I won't say it's worse. Well, it is worse in some countries. It is worse. I know it's worse. I've seen it in my own eyes in India. It's absolutely terrible. Um, especially when it's like... Because we were in a... Well, I'm not going to say the story because it's a bit shit, but in an enclosed or in a small environment, even it can, it just it can happen anywhere. So you just need yeah. to, you need to, uh, people need to be a meal more aware, hundred percent. They do. I found the survey. Yeah. It's called, if you put in just the government website, it's yeah. V-A-W-G, be heard. And yeah. that's the survey that's trying to help make women more safe in the streets and just in general. So, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, everyone check it out. I'll put links to it on the on the socials. I even put links to it on the Spotify actually, um, so everyone can have easy access to it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> as we as we're bringing the podcast to a close, I'd like to thank you for coming on, Daisy. Again, we've thank done you. it. We've done it two days in a row. <laughs> we, <now>. have. we have. <laughs> and I can confirm it is recorded. It is. It is. <laughs> Thank God! I don't know it. what we would have done if we. Had oh to do my it God! Time. Scrap the whole thing. Wait till season <laughs> two. Um, yeah. But we're here. It's been a good episode. We've debuted uh, the new concept, which is perfect. Um, we've spread the right message, um, and we're not going to stop spreading the message here on the Only no. Pants podcast. Uh, it's important to keep it going because until there is noticeable change, we're not going to stop. Um, but thank you again for coming on, Daisy. It's thank been a you. pleasure. It's been a wild episode. Top top three. Top three. Oh wow. Top three. Top two. Wow. It's top two, Ooh. and it's not second. Um, okay. Okay. Thanks. But also, thank you for listening. Um, the support on the podcast has been fantastic, and uh, we're not stopping here. We're going forever. Only pounds to the moon. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe, stay sweet, and I'll see you all next week. Goodbye.